There are the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. Welcome into the 12.15 Club. My name is Eric the Big German Kid, filling in for Mario, who uh, is on our mind. He is, I believe, currently under the knife getting a uh, procedure done. I'll spend a few days... uh, recovering so i uh, want to keep the show moving the train's coming in on time so taking uh, the reins for a week from mario but i'm joined today by marvin the prince and dylan the graphics guy we got a lot to go to it was an interesting week you know we had all the danettes except for todd were all remote um which caused some real interesting dynamics between uh dan the brgs and todd um and uh, some other behind-the-scenes stuff with Eric Weeks training to uh, take over for me as I have something to do uh, next week. So there's a lot of stuff going on. But, um, you know, one of the things that – a motif that I've been noticing over the last month is the, the rapid increase in calls from a long-term fan of the show. He's actually had his own wrap-up show at one point, And um, I think he's been a part of the show for a long time, but we've noticed that his calls have uh, increased as of late. And so we are joined now by – Ryan in Honolulu. Ryan, uh, thanks for taking the time. Aloha, backroom guys. Aloha, aloha, aloha. It's your accent's very interesting because it's like Australian, but then you got the Hawaii. You were late to our meeting here, so kind of like that island time thing going on. So, yeah, it is island time. Uh, it's still morning, early morning for me. So, uh, I've actually lived and grew up in Australia and I am an Australian citizen but my wife is uh, American and she grew up in Hawaii so I've been here for eight years and I try to pronounce my R's a little more so you guys can understand me so instead of a beer it's a beer (laughs) I kind of like I think the accent is endearing so uh you know but yeah so listen Ryan uh first question so um in this, it's come across as a negative towards Mario, but just want to know, we noticed in the last month or so, Marvin's been handling calls for about six months, but in the last month or so, you've been on the air a lot in the show. And so just want to know what's, from your perspective, what's the increase in airtime? Uh, what do you credit that to? Uh, I think it's a combo. Uh, I used to call up Leisureman with Paul and McLovin because I could never get through on Dan Patrick's show um we'd always call out but i think that it's been a combo of chat row and obviously me getting to know tyler and marvin through social media so i think the first time around that i wanted to call in tyler through chat row actually shot marvin a message letting letting him know 808 number from hawaii was coming through and so that's how i i got on the first time well, Ryan, actually, it's kind of funny because Tyler got in trouble uh, today for trying to do that, too. Uh, we love chat row, but uh, kind of these going around the channels, uh, trying to produce. Uh, everyone's got to stay in their lane. But uh... I, I think I think it was just a, a little tip. And um, I wouldn't have been offended if it if I didn't get through. Uh, lucky it worked out for all of us. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, I have a quick clip here of one of your calls from the last month and then uh, want to hear how you felt about it. 
Uh, Ryan in Honolulu is back. That's Honolulu is back. Aloha, Dan, and aloha to the back row for giving their Thanksgiving sports names. I have a couple, if you don't mind. Okay. All right, here we go. This one is McLovin inspired. Robert Griffith Jr. going for seconds. <laughs> then we've got Giannis and Turduck Enpo. <laughs> I've got uh, Green Bay Packers wide receiver, Marquez Galaise Tamling. <laughs> so, obviously, you had a couple of good ones uh, in there. And then what was interesting was we took that clip and then Bob Schmidt put it into the open. I think it was on uh, Monday after Thanksgiving. So, I mean, that's a very exclusive club. People whose calls have actually made it into the open. And that, you know, just wondered if, if you kind of, A, realize how um, irregular that is and what that meant to you. Uh, obviously, it, it meant a lot to me being a diehard of Dan Patrick's show. Um, I have been following since like 2015, 2016. So not a, an OG, but definitely uh, I've been watching every day, been a part of a lot of Dan Patrick show content uh, apart from phone calls, like my whose stats would you want songs, meet Friday songs, uh, being involved in the March madness bracket as a fan. Um, and just, you know, supporting you guys through social media where we can get a lot of traffic at times for the show. So to be in the hard open uh, a couple times this week, I know that not many fans get in there uh, and I'm just glad that I was able to provide some content. Yeah, no, I, I think it's great. And um, no, it's really those names. Although the, the one where you said uh, I'm going for seconds, Robert Griffin, I'm going for seconds. The, the better show line would have been the third, but, um, but no, I think they, they were great. All of them, let's be honest, were better than Fritzy's Marvin. When was the first time that you listened to the Dan Patrick show? So, uh, I actually only barely knew about Dan Patrick when I lived in Australia up until 2012 because of my limited access to American television. Um, and by that point, I had a ESPN, but it was uh, he was on to his show by then. So when I moved to Hawaii and started making a life here. I got all the cable channels. And so it was about 2012 that I picked up on Dan Patrick's show, but really became like um, a, a DVR must go to thing in about 2015, 2016. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how people find the show, um, you know, for a lot of time, and Dan talks about it quite a bit, you know, people find the show a lot of times when they have free time, right? So whether they have a surgery or unfortunately they've lost their job or some sort of change in, in life where they have time during the day and then people find it. And then when they go back to their regular lives, they're like, I still want to contribute to the show and be a part of it. And so um, it's your story is not unique in terms of kind of finding it in terms of in time of uh, change in your life and then sticking through it. Yeah. And for me also, uh, two things in life that I love are sports and comedy. So the Dan Patrick show was just a natural fit. And the first couple of times I watched it, I'm like, I, I took a few things seriously, like Paul taking jabs at Fritzy and I got all offended. But then after a while, I realized it's all, you know, it's all in good fun. And yeah. Well, if sports and comedy aren't Todd Fritz, uh, not sure what is. Dylan, I know you had a question about uh, Ryan's interaction with Todd uh, at Christmas a few years ago. 
Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Ryan, I know uh, this is one of my personal favorite stories, but you're in uh, Todd's rendezvous at the Hawaii. I was bas- Hawaii University basketball game, right? That's correct. Um, so, two things. One, I know that Hawaii is a chain of islands because I'm a learned scholar. But did you have to puddle jump to get there, or is, are you were you local? Uh, I thought this might come up, so here's the story. Uh, I'm local. The Stan Sheriff Center, where they play the basketball on the campus, is actually about less than 10-minute walk from my apartment, and I'm quite often there because the, the games are quite affordable. So, um, Yeah, I mean, that was I, I think the funnier side of that story was that Todd went with, took his wife and son to a basketball game in Hawaii on Christmas which I'm sure his wife probably didn't want to go to uh well getting in and out of Stan Sheriff uh, especially when there's like it was like the Honolulu Invitational so it was an event um and there was a, a lot of cars so I actually saw when I was walking back to my apartment Todd not looking very impressed waiting for his charter bus uh as I was walking <laughs> home to my apartment <laughs> a, a Todd in his natural habitat. I would guess he had a phone in his hand, was looking down, ignoring everything else around him. Uh, that's a. Uh, I know. Yeah, why would you he... want to look at anything in Hawaii? <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm sure they did a lot, of, and I saw their pictures. They did a lot of the vacationy stuff. Um, I think that actually Todd and his family were sitting in the student section, so he may have got some free tickets. Uh, and I know you guys have mentioned it before in 1215 Club, the story. I want to uh, clear it up that I didn't sit with Todd the whole game. My wife and I went, we we're on the other side of the stadium and he came over at halftime with Jordan, his son for maybe 10, 15 minutes. And we did um, a skit, which I think needs some playtime personally. We did section row seat 2.0, where I was the guy that came up and could thought that Todd was sitting in my seat. Yeah, I think I've I think I've seen that video in the uh, the Twitter sphere before. It's pretty funny. Thanks. Todd's Todd sells it pretty good. You guys both sold it pretty good. That was one take as well. I thought that was real, to be honest. Todd's a real actor Uh, obviously uh, lots of credits in his uh, repertoire so no surprise there Marvin I'll let you have the last question my last question or the last question I have is do you have a specific moment that defines the Dan Patrick show oh that's a tough one I think that uh, Dan Patrick show has many moments that are uh, the good thing about it is for long-term listeners for you guys to come back to things that are familiar that you really made a bit out like coining phrases like section receipt and meet Fridays and mean spirited. And I could go on the list is long. So there's a lot of things and you guys touch on it from time to time, uh, bring it back when it's appropriate. Like when I, when I mentioned the green day, stay in your lane bit. Um, that's what is really special to me. I mean, there's so many moments. I don't think I can narrow it down to one. Well, I think uh, I know that you watch the visual part of the show, and so hopefully you get to enjoy. It. We try to bring some of those parts back too on the Peacock feed. Try to show some old show moments and stuff. So hopefully you get to enjoy that too. Um, Ryan, as one of your uh, rider elements in terms of doing this um, appearance, we know that you're very busy. Uh, you had some plugs you had to get in, so I 
think it's Qualcomm, but we'll let you take the stage. <laughs> no, I honor Qualcomm daily. But today I'm going to give shout outs to Jeremy at T-Shirt Outfitters for hooking me up with a Christmas present and some Dan Patrick Show merch. Thank you, brother. And also I'm in a couple of Meat Friday leagues that I've been in for Meat Friday uh, League uh, three years. And we have a shower of shame for the loser. And we post that on Twitter every year. Uh, that's a lot of fun. And also the DP Show Colas League, which has some OG uh, fans in it. So shout out to uh, those guys. Awesome. Well, Ryan, really do appreciate you taking the time uh, both today and to be an active member of the DP Show community. So great to have you on. And uh, thanks again for taking the time. No problem. Aloha. That was Ryan in Honolulu, a, a longtime fan of the show and active uh, member of the social media community of Dan Patrick show. So good to have him on and uh, always good to have a couple shout outs too, I guess. But, um, you know, this week, as I alluded to in the uh, beginning, was real interesting because uh, we had the holiday weekend uh, last week. So we had a four day weekend and we come in and then three out of the four Danettes are remote now, as well as several of the uh, backroom guys are working from home. And so it was a whole new workflow. Um, a lot of things changed, uh, certainly for me and on the directing side and on the tech side. But um, Dylan, what kind of stood out to you this week in terms of uh, the guys being remote? Um, I mean, first of all, obviously, just less bodies around the building, you know, like particularly, I know like when we were uh, during the breaks and stuff when you're panning around the, the cameras around the studio and you go in, it's kind of funny actually, cause it's just Todd sitting there alone. Um, obviously <laughs> yeah. Dan, Dan's on the other side of the glass, but there's Todd just doing what Todd does. Um, but I think, uh, I mean, one thing I, that I've noticed, noticed is like it, uh, it doesn't really, hinder the show much like i feel like it still works pretty seamlessly obviously you know the look it looks a little different but um i think everything's still sort you know the the world keeps spinning yeah i always use the train analogy right like the train's still got to come and go on time whether there's snow or rain or not um or, even or if, bandits yeah even if the trains are high you know it's like yeah it's always a train's got to come on time but yeah, I think it is interesting you point, you know, kind of the Dan moving around the studio and um, kind of just Todd and him. And they even talked about that a lot in the show, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, Marvin, how was your week different or what did you think the show was different uh, this week with the three of the four guys working from home? You know, so funny, I think for us, like being here, like the energy is just different because three of the four Danettes aren't here. So when you kind of go into... Or what I do is I usually give the one sheet to Dan for one of our guests during the breaks and, you know, they could be talking and it's, you know, all five of them, Dan and the Danettes. And now it's just different. I had a question for you, Eric, like, is Dan coming in uh, to where you are a little bit more often? Cause I think he's speaking to me or he's coming to where I'm at a, a little more often, uh, now that it's just Todd. Yeah, he comes pretty much every break. So Dan has, a I don't know if I'll say it's a routine, but he kind of does the same thing. He, as soon as the segment's over, he stands up, grabs his phone and walks into his office where he has a bathroom and he spends anywhere from 20 seconds to five minutes in there. Uh, but usually it's closer to about a minute. And then typically he would walk out of his office, go into the Danette room and kind of stand right there and talk to the guys. Um, 
And so now it's just Todd. So he kind of walks a little further and stops in front of Todd. But one of the things that uh, came up this week is that Todd, while a great conversationalist, if you ever run into him as a fan or um, just kind of talking a little bit uh, to him is good. But if you're going to spend five minutes, three times an hour with him, uh, I think you might run out of stuff. And especially if uh, the person you're talking to is Dan, who is very quick and you're like, all right, let's move on. So uh, let's take a listen to kind of the way that Dan talked about Todd this week on the show. I came in this morning and my mindset was Todd and I are really going to get to know each other. That lasted for about 20 seconds. Because I said to him, hey, Todd. And he goes, hey. And I said, what are you doing this weekend? And then he said nothing. And I asked you what you were doing this weekend. And then I said nothing. And then that was it. We were done. And I went, <laughs> I don't have anything else to talk to Todd about. Why is that? Is I it because we've been working together so long or we're just very different or you just don't find me particularly interesting? I find Should I read it, into this now? No, no, no. No, I don't want you to do that. I mean, I don't. I find you fascinating, but not somebody I want to have a conversation with. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because uh, later on uh, and earlier today, on this, uh, we tape on Friday, Dan said, I love you, Todd, but I don't really like you. And uh, Seaton kind of brought it back in and talked about how it was for him when he came home from college for the first time. And his dad was like, this was the worst week of my life. And it wasn't because I'm sure his parents didn't want to see him, but um, you can love your children. Uh, I don't have any, but I can imagine. And Dan and all the guys talked about it. Love your kids, but as they change and stuff, you might not like them as much as you used to. Um, but it was it was really interesting, the dynamics with Dan. I had a similar thing where Dan came in the back and I always asked Dan on Fridays, like, what do you got this weekend? And uh, he was like, nothing. And he started to walk away. And I think what Todd doesn't do is follow up. So I was like, oh, well, I heard there's a storm coming. Are you going to go up to your Vermont house, maybe go skiing or whatever? And um, then we had like a 30 second conversation about that, which isn't earth shattering a conversation to have. But I think Todd, he also gets in his own head and he sends a gazillion emails about the same thing. And, um, you know, there's all that. But uh, Dylan, you had a thought on uh, Todd and uh, his week with Dan. Yeah, well, I think like I know they uh, Dan used the analogy of like the old married couple, um, but they're they're like the uh, like in action opposites attract at, while simultaneously having nothing in common to talk about because like there is like their funny like you know like the I love you but I don't like you chemistry but then at the same time it's like you know like Dan said during the, when they're you know fly casting out in the uh, parking lot he was like he's like you don't drink you don't smoke cigars you don't fly fish you don't do this and that like so there's nothing like hobby wise or i mean obviously there's sports and stuff but just in in passing it's like what's going on nothing okay see ya yeah no i'm with you completely dylan it's all it's always funny like like i said earlier like i'll go in there and give dan you know the one sheet which are you know, some questions that we might come up with to help with the guest, and he'll just go past Todd and he'll sing a song to Todd and just keep walking. Like Eric had just previously said, usually he'll come, he'll stand right in front of his door, he'll talk to all the Danettes, they might do a live looking, but then he's just like, Todd, Todd is a <laughs> softy. <laughs> yeah, something. Like <laughs> that's yeah. the kids bop version yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh i've always said by the way that um it would be funny if we took some of dan's songs and did like a fake 
album like a christmas album or something you know all the hip hits like his name is now that's what i call todd one (laughs) it uh yeah it could be an interesting you know hey listen we sell (laughs) t-shirts we sell mugs and we sell cds so now Um, dropping first (laughs) mixtape exactly so um moving along uh down our little agenda here uh are you know, as the director, I would uh, call it the rundown. Um, but uh, we do have um, a moment that stuck out to all of us uh, this week from one of the guests. I'll play the clip, and then uh, Dylan. I think he mostly uh, he closely resembles you, so take a listen here. One concert to revisit. What would it be? There's so many, Dan. I've been to four thousand concerts. I mean, I started going when I was fifteen. I know, but there's only one, Bill. I don't like to rank them. Well, this. How about if we make it Woodstock and I get to pick the Woodstock 17 and I get to pick the, the roster? You know, there's, there's so many. There, you know, there's Bob Dylan, there's Neil Young, there's Jimmy Cliff, there's John Fogarty, there's Jackson Brown, there's Bruce Hornsby. Okay, wait, the... I'm going to give you five bands for Bill Walton's Woodstock. Okay, you don't have to go into any description, just five bands. And how many children do you have? I have four. Okay, we have six and we have. 14 grandchildren and so how am i ever gonna (laughs) stop being so difficult so yeah i mean now i i love that interview uh because large part i'm a big bill walton fan um as a as a fellow deadhead i've been you know followed bill walton's extracurricular from basketball career um and also he well, he's also been in the news late, lately, obviously part of the reason he was on because he was calling all the Maui Invitational games and uh, kind of had mixed reviews from people because as you could tell from that interview, he doesn't really stay on topic and he doesn't really do play-by-play of what's actually happening. Um, but I think that's sort of like the beauty of Bill Walton. And like, I think which Dan talked, like, because Dan mentioned a few times this week too about, you know, like he obviously has a lot of respect for bill from like a basketball standpoint and just as a person and like he there's some people who can't appreciate like what he brings to the table short other than a net basketball analysis because like he's really just interested in talking about like whatever is at the front of his mind but uh maybe that's partially a product of going to like 900 dead shows um but i think i think he's a as some would say a national treasure i think dan agrees as well yeah no dylan i'm with you completely bill walton is one of those guys where you want him to be on your show. And then when he goes off the rails, you go, why do we have him on our show? But then he goes back to just saying something insane. And you're like, okay, this is why we have him on our show. We could have had him on for at least an hour. He's one of those guests where they just keep going. I feel like those people that Dan has like a really good rapport with can go for like two segments, like Nick Wright today. I thought Nick Wright could have gone for a half hour with Dan because mm. they like each other and they have great chemistry. Bill Walton's that same way. Charles Barkley, Josh Dumel, Reggie Miller. Like there's just certain guys where you're like, all right, they can be two segments easy. And Charles Barkley and Bill Walton are the kings of what's he going to say next? Like no idea, but <laughs> Bill Walton was great. His background was even better. Yeah, uh, yeah. I knew he was going to come so in with big. something tie dye and wild with his background. Well, what's crazy about the Bill Walton interview to me is that Dan got three questions in in twenty minutes, and so I do think that like while I appreciate Bill Walton uh, 
too. And I think it's good to have a, and one of the things that makes Dan's show so great is the variety of the guests and the different topics that are covered. I do think that maybe if Dan had gotten like five questions in, it might've appealed to a little bit of a broader audience, but nonetheless, uh, no, I think it was a great appearance, but, uh, it was a little bit more niche than I think we totally go. Dylan, you got a last word on this topic. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking about that too. Cause like you said, Dan only got a couple of questions and I was like, I was wondering like from Dan's perspective, like as part of, is there a part of it that's kind of nice just being able to be like, all right, all I have to do is just get this guy going and then let him take off and then cut him off at the end. Good to go. Package it done. I'm sure there probably is a little bit uh, less pressure, right? Cause I mean, ultimately Dan job, Dan's job and all of us who work on the show is we have to fill three hours of content. So from Dylan's perspective, I think what you're thinking of is the way I feel in the control. I'm like, Hey, if I have a three minute clip to play during the commercial, I like can kind of sit back for a minute. Right. And just, and rest but um i don't know that dan ever rests on his laurels you know like i think he always is a, his gears are always in the highest gear and uh, i don't know that he i don't i don't think it's something that he wants but maybe he enjoyed it i don't know but um i can tell you that when we have a long clip to play on the server i like that because it gives me a second to just take a deep breath um the only other thing that really stuck out to me um and I will say that I was kind of distracted this week because uh, Eric Weeks, who's the camera guy that Dan normally uh, wants to fire by hitting holes in one, um, there's no, there's only, with only two people in studio, there wasn't a lot for him to shoot. And I have a, an appointment. I have to leave uh, the show next week uh, in the middle of the show. And so I needed someone to fill in as director. We didn't really have anybody. And with the COVID stuff, it was really like, all right, you know what? We should really make sure we have somebody who uh, can fill in if I'm, I can't be here for whatever reason. And so um, all week I was kind of training uh, Eric Weeks up. So I was a little distracted. But one thing that did stick out to me was uh, Michelle Tafoya. And, you know, she came on and, she came on Wednesday morning ahead of the um, amazing, you know, uh, people write about in their uh, obituaries, the Wednesday night football from a week ago, Thursday night football on Thanksgiving. And now it was December 3rd. So, you know, that classic uh, game in American uh, folklore. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Michelle Tafoya came on and she broke news that really became a big thing, which was that the two running backs were not going to be in the game that night and uh the two running backs from the ravens uh so um anyways I, it's interesting from my perspective because it really doesn't matter like i didn't even realize that was that big of a deal partially because i was kind of distracted with training but you know, it's like oh okay there's a couple people that aren't going to be out but it become like for me it was like and what i want to ask you guys about is when we do break news is it always apparent to you? Because I'll be honest, in that moment, I was like, oh, okay, that's news. But like, I didn't think it was going to become this big story that it became. So, and then also, Dylan, from your perspective, like, do you have to rebuild new graphics or does it change anything for you? Yeah, so that one actually was like instant. So I had just like minutes before that interview, obviously. I mean, like, I'm a Ravens fan. So I was, I've kind of been following this whole disaster as it's been unfolding um, for, you know, personally as well. But um, like minutes before that, I was building like a, you know, inactive Ravens players for this evening graphic, like five minutes before she came on. And, you know, I was reading, it was like, okay, like JK Dobbins and um, Mark Ingram, like are like, they're cleared, they're slated to play today. And then two minutes into the interview, she's like, and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And JK Dobbins and Mark Ingram are out today too. And I was like, heard it. And I was like, did I, 
like is that brand new and turned out it was like that very moment so it's kind of weird like i had to go back and obviously add them yeah absolutely uh i really didn't i had no idea either and it definitely changes what you have going on and then you kind of start to look for stuff uh like i grabbed sound so i tried to see if there there was any sound from the ravens head coach about if these guys you know were in danger of not playing so it definitely changes things also for me personally regarding the show friday mornings are a little busy only because there's thursday night football so you try to grab some sound and you know grab some articles you know from different newspapers and magazines and outlets and stuff like that but thursday morning became my busy day because of uh wednesday night football that was a bit different and just the circumstances of just everything in general and it definitely affects the show also it's just it was insane to see a football game on a wednesday you know I, i loved it no i did also and i think the nfl will really try to get seven days a week they might be onto something. Also, the, the like the three thirty start time. I mean, for us, because like you know, that's around when we're probably getting home. Just sit down, and then boom, there's just football already. Also, one more thing: this show will change so drastically if they start to do two Monday night games, in a Tuesday night game, in a Thursday night game. So during the NFL season, they won't be. Uh, it's Wednesday. Won't be anything to talk about. Nope. Tuesday night football came on last night. Yeah, but that being said, though, as someone who worked on NFL Sunday Ticket for seven years, um, I think there's something to be said for um, the action of Sundays, where yeah. you sit down um, and you're watching Red Zone or you're watching the show. I used to, you know, any any shows that are on on Sundays and kind of that that iconic. And if it's just like two games happening on Sunday because they have to spread them out uh, the rest of the week. I think that might dilute the product a little bit. Yeah, Dill. Well, and if you think about it too, it's like on Sunday, you're like, you're under the assumption that you're just having people there like sitting on their couch, plastered to the TV for like nine hours straight. You know, like that's just, I like that much just eyeballs for that long of time straight versus like one-off games during the week. I think adds more from like just the NFL's perspective is probably even more beneficial. Marv, you get the last word. What Dylan said. All right. That was it. (laughs) What a way to end the show. Listen, everyone, uh, hopefully you've made it this far and thank you for uh, listening to the 1215 club. Keep Mario in your thoughts. Um, Hopefully that everything is going well and he's a, recovered easily by the next time we join you guys but keep them in your thoughts so we miss them this week i know i do i'm definitely not a host but uh hopefully you guys enjoyed having ryan honolulu on in our perspective of the first week of december in dan patrick show for marvin the prince and dylan the graphics guy i'm eric the big german we'll catch you guys next week on the 12th team take care brush your hair